Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, the podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. On today's episode, Charlie, Gary, and Elliot sit down with Ogi Rojas from Faro Church, which means lighthouse, to talk about youth ministry and specifically what it's like crossing cultural lines. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please Keep your tears y piernas in the... I'm just kidding. Have a good episode. What's going on, everyone? Hope you guys are doing good. It is good to be on the podcast today. Today, I'm joined with the one and only Mr. Elliot Bland. What's up? And the legend himself, Gary Garcia. Hey. And we have a very special guest today. His name is Augie. Augie, say what up to everybody. What's up, y'all? I wasn't going to try and pronounce your last name because <laughs> even though I'm from Riverside, I don't have a look. I can't speak Spanish. I at think all. Charlie pronouncing your last name is <laughs> try act, it. Just try a, it. No, it's a hate crime. I don't <laughs> think he's allowed to do it. Rojas. Bro, bro, but like <laughs> that's all Hispanics want for you just to try. Hey, try. There so, we go. so like when you walk away, they can like make fun of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they won't make fun of you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I grew up my best friend next door. Um, Here we go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my best friend is. Yeah, bro. Through and through. I was always cool. the token white kid wherever okay. we went Come because on. that's just what it was. Nice. So mm-hmm. and plus it's, I'm from Riverside. So yeah. You know what does what that mean? mean? It's not Norco. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. But hope you guys are doing good out there in podcast land. I really want to find something like a niche of ours that we can just say. I said in the trenchers last time, and it did not go well. Yeah. Um, Elliot made fun of me. Um, ITT. ITT. <laughs> in the trenches. Nah, I don't think that one's going to work. The Trenchman. The Trenchman? No. <laughs> it's too much like another podcast. Movie. Yeah. Well, they're the ones who came up with that. But Oh, yeah, they did. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Well, um, this episode is not about finding out our new um, niche or our new um, tagline, but instead, it's really all about finding who you are in Christ. <laughs> it's, really, it's really all about um, Augie today. So, Augie, why don't you go ahead and just kind of share um, a little bit about yourself um, and just let the listeners know who you are. Yeah. So my name is Augie. Um, my first name is actually my real name is actually Augustine. Augustine. So I have the most. I love it. I don't know if I can say this. I'm not going to say it. Say I have it. the most Hispanic name you can ever think of. Come on. Agustin Esteban Rojas Torres. Wow. That's like that from... Uh, my name. Uh, that sword movie. Sweet Life. No, Sweet, Sweet Life, Life is like in Cody. Yeah. What is his name? Esteban. Oh. Esteban Julio. Yeah, like the whole yeah, thing. That's yeah. me. Love it. I'm him in real life. Yeah. Um, my name is Augie. I come from the the big city of San Bernardino. Um, grew, grew up, born and raised there. I am the youngest of five siblings... Four boys, one oldest girl. Um, so it's a crazy life. My mom, her nickname was Sergeant Mom because <laughs> she had to sergeant all these four boys being crazy in San Bernardino. So we get crazy up in there. Um, I went to Vanguard University, um, studied science, actually. Wow. I have a pre-med, pre-health route. On the track to do so, finish EMT school after and everything. Nice. But career paths change when I said yes to the Lord. Yeah. Um, that's what he does. Am I salty about it still? <laughs> I've gotten over it. I've gotten over it now. Maybe sometimes I reflect back, but it's all good. Um, wait, started wait, wait. So did you go to Vanguard not saved? No, no, no. I did. I oh, did. Okay, okay. I did. 
you were just uh, on that. Okay, front. let me back check. Yeah, like that have been the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's so mind just got blown. You're telling me that there's people at Vanguard who aren't Christian? <laughs> yeah, bro. Charlie, have you ever been to Vanguard, bro? <laughs> bro I haven't. <laughs> have you ever when seen the that. athletics team? <laughs> yeah, kidding. come on, bro. <laughs> edit that out. I don't want to get <laughs> Um, Dang, I lost. Where am I at? You got saved at Vanguard. I got saved at Chapel. Vanguard. At Chapel. Shine. Yeah, Shine. That was the first time I ever felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then um, so I studied science undergrad. Um, Lord changed plans on me, and now in my master's program, I'm studying leadership with an emphasis in Hispanic leadership. Wow, nice. Um, so I'm getting my malls degree, and... That's that's who I am, and th- I started my junior year, end of my junior year of Vanguard. Um, I started youth pastoring at Fado Church, mm. which means lighthouse. Which means lighthouse. Just for there you go. Anybody who doesn't know. There you go. So that's a little about me, and I love students. I love youth, and um, we're ready to move forward. Let's go. Nice. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, there's one question that we ask everyone that jumps on the podcast, and that question is, well, not everyone, but now we're getting back on the route of making it everyone. Um, but the question is, do you have any crazy youth ministry stories? Oh, man. See, I have I have two. Oh. So the reason, so when I started youth pastoring at Fado, I was supposed, I was supposed to start in March. I ended up starting at the end of February, the weekend of our winter camp. And so literally my first weekend was winter camp. Mm. And I had to lead the whole thing. I was like, what the heck am I doing? Dang. What am I doing here? Um, I think it was like the second night, one of our high school boys goes downstairs to the Airbnb we were at. And they were just hanging out with a bunch of buddies. And one of them brings out a packet of weed gummies Whoa. and offers it to a middle school girl. And she starts crying. And uh, it's funny because I didn't find out until we came back and the senior pastor talks to me. And so you just thought they were gummy bears. I thought you were, were just, you were just <laughs> chowing yeah, down on them the whole time. That's yeah. the second time yeah, you experienced so. the Holy Spirit. You were, you were strangely <laughs> calm that whole winter camp. Yep, it yeah. was the best. Nice. No, but, but the actual funny one happened this past summer at summer camp. Um, first time taking a big group of students. Uh, I think it was second night. Or third night, I don't know. It was, it's all, it's all mixed up. But it was a night before dodgeball, and uh, so it was free time. So students were roaming around, roaming, roaming. That's a hard word. Roaming around, and I gave them a little freedom. I didn't make them be with the leader yeah. as long as they were in a group of three, four, whatevers. And so it turns out there was a group of middle schoolers that were out by the rock climbing wall, pitch black. Yeah, and. For like 20 minutes, we were looking for them. And then a leader uh, goes and sees them in the, by, like super dark, far away. And they were playing spin the bottle. Wow. It was the best. But this gets better. So my leader goes, talks to them. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? Obviously, clearly seeing them, they're playing spin the bottle. But they're like, oh, we're playing hide and go seek. And one of the students was like, ready, guys, go, go, go hide and calm account. One, two. And the leader was like, no, 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 what are you doing? Anyways, they got caught red handed. And it was funny because they tried to lie and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know how um, we all play hide and go seek sitting in a circle with a bottle with in the bottle. middle? Yeah. 
<laughs> so. some interesting moments at Pinecrest Camp. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah there has. It's fun times. Yeah. Fun times. So, Augie, it was one of the big things we wanted to do this season at summer camp is for years, the Assemblies of God uh, SoCal Network, we've, uh, we've done two different camps. We've done just our youth camp, and then we've done a bilingual camp. But, um, you know, from the get-go, one of my big things was I really wanted to not do that, not because I didn't want to have a bilingual camp as much as I wanted to have more uh, cross-cultural um, things happening within our youth. I don't want to be separate. I want to be together. Um, and it's a hard balance because I, you know, in that you want to respect um, the culture that has been built in our bilingual camps, but we also want to um, pull together that we're not, we're, we're one under Christ. And so we're really talking teenagers, which they all go to school together. They all work at the same place as some of them, you know, so there's a lot of stuff already happening. Um, how, and I feel like we've been a bit behind in that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, how, how, how are we doing with that? What is, uh, what did you, you think about camps this year? And, and cause it was a big jump for you guys. Yeah, it, it was a cool experience because, um, I had multiple youth pastor friends go different camps. And so I think for one of the camps, uh, one of their students like broke their ankle or something like that. Mm. And so I was able to drive up for that night to help pick up that student. And I got to sit in one of the services and I think it was super cool because I, I saw worship um, and they sang just like a phrase in Spanish. And I was like, dang, like that's, that's amazing. Like, I, cause I know they took away the bilingual camps or Hispanic camps and they tried, they're merging everything together. And so just to have that, Hispanic Latino representation was was amazing like that was it and then uh, so I was kind of expecting that with all through all the camps and then I go the last weekend and uh, I see the worship team and they're an interesting worship team yeah they were fun they were a fun team uh, I've never seen a worship team headbang to build my life yeah and so next level it was great um, but they did miss that inclusion of like something in Spanish or something yeah. bilingual that can relate to the Hispanic um, generation, uh, which I think back in, and I read this book by Barner Group and Gen Z, like is one of the most um, diverse generation yeah. to ever be. Mm-hmm. Like it's like 48%, I don't know if the statistics are right, but it's like almost half Hispanic Latino representation in Gen Z. And so I think it's super important to have that in any youth um, function that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, so we were all at those camps. And uh, one thing that I loved, I mean, I don't speak Spanish, un poquito, but uh, I took like Spanish one and two, so I don't speak it at all. Um, but at those camps where they were singing a couple of lines in Spanish, sometimes that can feel so uh, almost cringy. I'm, yeah. I'm almost like it's like, yeah, forced. Forced. Exactly. It's like we're doing this to make everybody happy. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, it can yeah, feel yeah. weird, but that that wasn't the heart behind it going into it. And I feel like it showed in in just the worship experience. And that was one moment where I like I want that to happen in multiple worship sets, not just doing it at camp or whatever. Because for me, it wasn't about being in Spanish and there was people there who come from Spanish speaking homes and we're mm. like, wow, that was cool to hear that. For me, it was a reminder of how how far reaching the gospel is. I think yeah. 
it, like re- remembering that there are people all across the world yeah. singing these songs, praising God in their own native language and their own tongue. And like it was I think that's what it even did for me. I just a reminder, like I don't understand. I only know what the words are because we sang them in English before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's like but it was just a cool moment. And that, that's what I'm saying is like I think sometimes we think, you know, start to really bridge those barriers or, you yeah. know, like kind of start to mend that. And it's not just like, well, we'll sing a song in Spanish or we'll do that. I think it is all the heart behind it, too. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a perfect step in the right direction, um, especially I, I think to an Hispanic. It can be like, oh, they're taking away bilingual Hispanic because they don't want us there. Mm. So I think that that might be the mindset for some people. But I think the step in the right direction was done right by simple, simply implementing that one verse in Spanish in a combined service with both uh, Anglo and Hispanic or any other any other culture, ethnicity. Uh, that, I think that is the right step and correct way to start merging those and crossing that path. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm obviously, the last name is Garcia. I'm very proud of my Hispanic heritage, but I'm also, I wouldn't say I grew up, you know, I mean, my mom is white, my dad's Hispanic. So when I was with my dad's family, it was very Hispanic, you know, where we, you yeah. know, everything was kind of that direction. When I was with my mom, it was very different. But I also grew up in a church that was mostly Caucasian, um, you know, grown up youth pastoring, mostly Caucasian youth groups and stuff. And so I'm curious with, with students, um, especially Hispanic students, would you say when when they come to things like camp or go to youth groups where it's are they looking for that or is that not as big a deal to them maybe as it was to the generations before them or is it still something i think that's a perfect question because um a lot of at least a lot of my students and i've seen like a lot gen z students like yes there's still a lot of immigrants that come to this country and they're first generation but a lot of students that come to our youth they're actually second, third generation. Mm-hmm. And, and there's like some statistics that you can read. Um, my pastor just wrote a book called The Silent Exodus, uh, talking about that, how to lead in a, in a multi-generational congregational church. Um, and he has some sick content. You guys like, definitely have to read it uh, if, you, if you're going in that. I think everybody should read it. Um, yeah. So what's cool about this book is that uh, Pastor Steve Pinto he doctor actually he's a doctor now uh, super awesome theologian um he shows in the statistics that although they may be second generation maybe like half of them actually speak or are bilingual Mm -hmm. speak spanish and then as generation goes by you obviously lose the native tongue the native language and so coming to these summer camps or just even youth services um a lot of them don't identify with the language but they identify themselves with the culture mm-hmm. and the heritage yeah. and so i think it's super important to even if it's the smallest thing implement that into the programming yeah and yeah, i so great. i love that we're doing this this episode because it's more yeah. than just for us about like integrating bilingual camp with our camp and, yeah. and again not just sort of like getting rid of one for the other but bringing them together um which is what we're trying to do but i feel like this conversation needs to happen also, just for all the youth pastors listening, because yeah. Southern California is one of the most yeah. diverse places um, in the world. And especially with Hispanics specifically, um, th- there's there's so much of that represented here. And so I feel like our youth ministry should represent that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the idea of, of 
understanding like for me i'm i'm white i've grown up i was born in indiana it doesn't get whiter <laughs> than that unless you're charlie somehow charlie's still whiter than me but i still don't know how i don't know what happened dude but um i i know my perspective is different and i think that's the biggest thing is rather than me trying to figure out like what would Augie's church want? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and because sometimes it can it can almost come across just bad. You could yeah, it's yeah. cringy, yeah. borderline racist at moments. You know, where you're just try, like well, we've good seen intent. It. Yeah, we've seen it in the culture that we live in. That yeah. there's a lot mm-hmm. of pandering that exactly. goes on. There's a lot yeah. of forced things, and I, I don't think anybody in youth ministry wants to do that. No, yeah, and so I think that's why having that representation there and having those conversations. Cause that yeah. under, that was one of the first things after you come into the camp, we, we talked with you and we're like, Hey man, you are literally at a bilingual church, right? Like, so what were your thoughts? You were going to bilingual camp. There's been all these other people who've told us, you know, here's what they want. But, but most of them aren't in your perspective. You're a youth pastor yeah. at a bilingual church. And just the in, insight that you gave us was so invaluable to be able to say, it's not, you know, the the song in Spanish was that's night like that's it's it but it's the culture more than just like yeah. put a sign and have the bathroom say baños or you know it's yeah. like it's not you're <laughs> missing the point here like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a culture and and that is what the church represents a coming together of like these different backgrounds and perspectives all worshiping Jesus all yeah. having their lives changed through relationship with Jesus and like you know it's like a gumbo it's all of these these flavors in in one pot and and that should be represented and i I think it's important to note that i think this goes out for all the hispanic youth pastors or ministers is that um when we are trying to combine two different cultures like remain flexible and teachable Mm. um because sometimes it can be seen that maybe the anglo side is uh might come off a little rough but because they don't know and so we have to as hispanic leaders and and pastors we must remain flexible and help them out rather than just let them figure it out because they're the one directing, but like be part of the team. I think this is like, that's the way to do it. Like you have to incorporate both cultures and um, it's perfect that that you said that because I think a step moving forward into the question of how to even cross cultural boundaries are those two things of understanding the gospel and understanding ourselves. Mm. And so I mean, what is, what is the gospel? Like, what was the purpose of Jesus coming to this earth? It's repentance, salvation. And I, I think this, this is cool because this is something that was mind-blowing to me. A, a simple idea, but that the goal of being a Christian is not heaven, but rather it's reconciliation. I think that, I mean, and just that small idea, I know it's a, a super simple principle, but like that's something new to me. Like that, I learned learned that like two years ago, three years ago, uh, going to school. And so, um, it's the kingdom of heaven is all about uh, the least, the last, and the lost. And the kingdom of this world is all about me, myself, and I. And so, I think it's super to, important to understand that the gospel is about reconciliation, repentance, and salvation. And so, um, yeah. I do have one thing though. So, cause it, for at least for me, this is super interesting because, um, in my context, Elliot's favorite word, uh, we have a Spanish ministry at our church and we, they run it like as if it's a Spanish church within our church. And, um, 
there were so many different times that we were trying to merge our youth groups together. And, um, and I, I remember talking with their, their youth leaders and they were just like, um, we would have those conversations and we would try it out and the students wouldn't like it or, or things like that. But I think what you said, Augie, is super important. I think it's super important for anyone listening out there is being flexible because there was those moments where we weren't flexible and there was moments where they weren't flexible and it obviously we clashed and it just didn't work and didn't, um, when we weren't understanding that at that time. But I mean, the stuff that you had to say right now was super great and super, um, there's a lot of good information in there. I want Augie to end by talking about something else that I love that he does mm -hmm. is he has a heart that I think is so in line with the SoCal Network Youth Ministry Department um, of community rather than competition. Mm -hmm. We're all about combining together. We believe that we're better together. And I think that that's the heartbeat of our youth ministry and, and it's the yeah. culture we've created. But I love seeing Augie has done it on like a microcosm, you know, like it's happening um, and we'll do events and we love seeing people come to our events. But Gary and I are watching because Augie's uh, in Orange County. And so we're seeing he's built these connections, even just through school. It's cool seeing Augie having come from Vanguard and some of the friends he made in Vanguard who are now youth pastors. Uh, he was roommates with Kai and Yuli. I don't know. You're not still, are you? Or are you? Yeah, technically. They're yeah. still roommates. Yeah, yeah. Uh and so he's that third wheel because they're a married couple. And uh, <laughs> but he's roommates and they're youth pastors in um, Orange. And and they're not at a multicultural or not. A, they are a multicultural church, but they're not a bilingual church. Mm -hmm. uh, and just do. That's what I love, too, is the events that you'll do um, with other churches, the combination, the community that you have like that is just the heartbeat of us. And so I love that and that's what i'd love for you to talk about at the yeah, end of this it, it's super cool because i mean going to vanguard like you meet especially dorming there you meet like so many people on your floor um some of them are religion majors or theology majors some of them are science majors like myself or just 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 many different things you can study um but the cool part is gathering with people that are going to do ministry and are doing ministry mm. um and it was super cool because as I got to develop these relationships uh, with these with my friends, like we later on became youth pastors in our different cities. Um, and one of them was, was is Kai. Um, mm -hmm. He became a youth pastor in the city of Orange at, at this church called Refuge. And I'm a youth pastor in South Orange County at Fado Church. And um, that's just one example. But it's cool because we have d developed and established a relationship even before becoming ministers. Mm. Um, and, and I think it's super important because, I mean, as, as I said earlier, Gen Z is like such a diverse generation. And, yeah. uh, and I think it was easier with, with our, our group because, first of all, we knew each other. But then South Orange County, like, we're like, a, like there's a lot of Hispanics, but even more yeah. uh, white people. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's something our students are used to anyways. Yeah. Like they're Hispanic, but they go to school with people that don't look like them, but they look like students maybe in Orange. City of Orange, and so that was an easy way to um, to just connect, like th th something they're used to, and so I think having that mentality of just of uniting with other churches, and th the idea of like your church isn't the only church yeah. in yeah. SoCal in the in the U.S. Like it's it's much bigger than that, and I think coming together with different youth ministries is super vital and important for yeah. um, students' lives. I think. Even growing up for, for myself, like, 
that's what made it even more real, the gospel more real, is it realizing that doing a lock-in with, uh, I think the first church I ever collaborated with as a student was Jimmy's church. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Gomez. Nice. Jimmy Gomes. <laughs> Jimmy Gomes. Uh, um, and that was like super life-changing for me because I got to see other students that looked like me worshiping God and doing the same thing, but in their city and yeah. in their context. Um, I think that's that's super vital and important for a student's life. It's powerful. And and again, it, you have to be secure to do yeah. that because yeah. the, it's easy to get into like, well, I don't want to go do a lock-in because what if they like Jimmy's church more? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. easy to get into that competition mindset. So I think it's great that there's just this security in saying, hey, we are the church. You know, I, you might not have a, a Spanish-speaking service, but we're the church. Like, we need each other, and we are better together. And so I'm grateful that you're a part of this team, Augie. Yeah. I'm thankful that we, we have your perspective, we have your voice, because especially, like you're saying, here in Southern California, this generation, we need that, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Um, Augie, again, did thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Elliot, Gary, it's always a pleasure to do a podcast with you guys. Yep. Um, if there's any information that you guys um, listen to today that you want more, um, more want to learn more about, uh, go ahead, um, hit us up on Instagram at SoCal Youth Pastors, and uh, we'd love to reach out to you. You can reach out to any of our personal accounts, and we'd love to talk to you. But other than that, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next podcast.